Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Turn with me, if you would, this morning to Isaiah chapter 53. We'll begin there this morning, Isaiah 53. God said to us about this year that he was going to pour out uh, revelation for us regarding healing. And it's important that we emphasize what God emphasizes. The word says that when Jesus was here on the earth in his earthly ministry, he went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. So he emphasized the teaching of the word, the preaching of the word, and he emphasized bringing healing to the people. Well, if Jesus emphasized it, we need to emphasize it. Amen. And it needs to be an emphasis of our life because without a healed body, you're going to be limited in your ability to obey everything God has for your life. And so we want to take the limits off that our body doesn't hinder us, hold us back or limit us in our race that we're running. Amen. So that means we not only need to get healed, we need to live a life of health. Amen. If that's going to be the case, we must become skillful with what the word tells us about healing. It's not just up to the preacher to be skillful. It's up to every believer to be skillful in this divine flow of health. Amen. You need to know that when symptoms come up, you need to know how to talk to them. You need to know how to forbid them in your life, in your body, in your home, in your children. You need to know how to take your place in healing. Amen. So Jesus paid such a great price for us to be healed, didn't he? That's how much he desires it for us. The price he paid shows us the value of it. Amen. Not only was sin laid upon his body at Calvary, but sickness was laid up on him. Years ago, my husband, as he was an usher serving in his local church, And he was standing holding the communion elements. They were getting ready to distribute them to the congregation. And he said to God, as a young believer, he said, God, I don't even really understand what communion's all about. And when he said that, he had a vision. And it seemed as though the roof of that church building lifted off and he saw Jesus hanging on the cross. And as he saw it, just like he grew grew up in the Catholic church, seeing that image, He said, that's exactly what it looked like. But he said, as he was hanging on the cross, words started flying through the air. And as he would read the words, they were words of sickness and disease being laid on him. And he was seeing what the prophet Isaiah talked about here in Isaiah chapter 53. And as each word struck him, his whole body would jolt and jar. But he said the words began to, they were slow at first, at first in coming, and then they came faster and faster. He said they were coming so fast that I couldn't even have time to read them. Words that I didn't even recognize that really weren't even known to man. Words of sickness and disease. How many of you know that medically when they make advancements and they get rid of one kind of affliction or one kind of a disease, another one crops up? Why is that? Because the devil never hits a bottom on his evil work. He's always got more sickness, always got more disease. And so Ed saw words he had never heard of, but all of it was laid on Jesus. Amen. You need to know that 
all of it was laid on him. So when sickness and disease and symptoms and pain tried to come to your life, you need to rehearse what the word says. This is what Isaiah said that he saw. He saw the sickness and disease being laid upon Jesus's body. So when that happens, you need to stand up and say, no, you don't, Satan. That's laid on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I so appreciate when it says that he took our infirmities. Talking about Jesus in Matthew 8, 17, he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So we know this, when sickness and disease comes, it's not ours because Jesus took ours. It's the devil's, but it's not ours. We should not be found with what does not belong to us. Let's just talk about naturally. If you see something laying out in somebody's yard and you go over and pick it up just because it's there, that doesn't make it yours. Doesn't make it yours. You walk off with that thing, they can call the police on you for thievery. Why? Because you're found with something that doesn't belong to you. We belong to the household of faith and we have no business having things that did not come out of our household of faith. In our lives, in our bodies, amen. You need to recognize what doesn't belong to you and forbid it in your life. If you don't forbid it, the devil will stay. The symptoms will stay. The pains will stay. The sickness will stay. The disease will stay until you stand up and say, no, you don't. Amen. And if you don't know that it's your job to take that place before the devil and his symptoms and forbid them and say, no, you don't, then the devil will keep putting it on you because he works through ignorance. When people are ignorant, he keeps working against them and they're waiting for God to do something because they don't know that God's waiting for them to tell him no. He's waiting for you to tell the devil no. Amen. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Why would God tell us to resist him if God was going to do it for us? God already did all he's going to do for us by giving us freedom from sin. Sin has no more power over us. Sickness has no more power over us. So when it tries to come back and deceive you and thinking that it has a place in you, you tell it, no, you don't. The word has already shown me that I'm free from you. Jesus already took mine and you're not putting that back on me because it's not mine. It's yours. You keep it. Listen, Satan is a tormented being. Amen. Because all he has is torment. All he has is that which torments people through sickness, disease, fear, worry, all of these things, anxiety, panic. All of these things are what he exists with. They're not for us. And if you don't tell them no, they'll stay. Then the Bible says resist the devil and what will happen? He will flee. Amen. People say, well, I tried that and he didn't flee. Then you didn't resist. Because resist means I'm not putting up with it. Resist doesn't mean I hope it leaves. Resist means you forbid it. And those of you who are parents, you know what it means to forbid something. When your children are trying to get out of line growing up, you would forbid them from doing a certain thing. And maybe on one day they complied, the next day they tried again. So what do you do? You forbid it again. Amen. And if they try it again, you forbid it again. And it's the exact same thing with the devil. It's not just forbidding once. Every time he shows up, say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. 
And so Jesus had saw Jesus hanging, had that vision and saw him hanging on the cross, but it's in line with what Isaiah the prophet saw and is recorded in the word. Amen. And so to receive healing and to walk in health, we have to understand our part in healing. Jesus did his part by taking it upon himself. But we do our part by resisting and forbidding the right of any sickness and disease to come upon us. It has no right. Amen. So, uh, Jesus not only paid the price for our sin, but he also paid the price for healing. Is that not right? So healing belongs to us, but it's up to us to receive it. And this is where many people miss it. They're waiting for God to give it, and he's waiting for them to receive it. Receiving is our action. How many of you know you did not get born again until you received Jesus? God did not just force salvation on you. You had to receive it. It's the exact same thing with healing. We have to receive it. But there are two, just like there are two sides to a coin, there are two sides to healing. So today we're going to talk about the two sides of healing. One is healing, the one side is healing belongs to us and it is ours as a right as children of God. It is our right to be healed. Amen. So that's the one side. And so we preach the one side of healing. Absolutely we should because Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 say this. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now, in the Hebrew, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And the word in Hebrew for griefs is also sicknesses. So we could read it, surely he has borne our griefs and our sicknesses. He has carried our sorrows. Well, the Hebrew for the word sorrows is pains. So he also carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Well, what does that mean? It means God is the one who allowed him to take our place in sickness and disease. And God is the one who laid the sickness and disease and, and the, 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 the pain, the symptoms. He's the one who laid it on Jesus. He took what belonged to humanity and laid it on Jesus. Now, this sickness and disease didn't come from heaven. God just took it from humanity and laid it on Jesus. He didn't have any in heaven to put on on him. Amen. He took it from humanity just like there was no sin in heaven, but he took the sin of humanity and laid it on Jesus. Amen. So God is the one who did this. You understand it. God is the one, the great price he paid by taking what belonged to us and put it on his son. He paid a price as a father to do that. And we need to honor that price. It was a great price. And Jesus honored the father by taking and allowing the father to do that to him. Both of them paid a great price. Therefore, since they paid such a great price, we need to honor that price by not permitting any sickness or any disease. And if we just are okay with it and put up with it, are we really honoring the price they paid? They paid such a great price because that's how important it is to God and Jesus that we walk free from pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease. So again, Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely 
Jesus has borne our griefs and sicknesses. He's carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him or the punishment that purchased our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, 24 says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now I want to refer back to that Isaiah that we just read when it says that Jesus was stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We can see this is that God didn't make anyone sick but Jesus. God never made any man sick and religion will say and unknowledgeable people will say people who aren't knowledgeable of the word will think and the devil will help them to think that God is putting sickness on them because they're they're because they've been bad because they deserve it God's trying to teach them something if God was trying to teach you something through sickness why did he make his son suffer so greatly carrying the penalty of our sickness and disease upon him God's way of teaching his children is through his word, not through something the devil does. Now you say, can you learn something when you get sick? Yes, but that wasn't God's way of teaching. Amen. God doesn't make anyone sick. So therefore you have no business permitting any of it because God's not a participant in anything of sickness and disease. He's not participating. And it's not that he's punishing you because you've, you've maybe disobeyed him. God's not doing that. And then Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Notice he, he took that, that the father was laid up, laying upon him. He took that. He didn't rebel against that. He took it. And so since he took it, he took it away. Amen. So side, side one of the coin of healing is this. Healing belongs to us. And you have a right that when anything challenges health and healing in your life to resist it, tell it no. That's side one. Amen. That belongs to you. But now let's flip over the other side of the coin of healing. And let's see what the other side looks like. Although healing belongs to us, it's not automatic. It's conditional. The side two is there are conditions we must meet to receive what God made ours. It's not that God withholds healing, but we have to make sure we're in position to receive the healing he provided. Let me explain it to you this way. So many people have uh, cell phones, a mobile phone. Many of you would have it with you today. And uh, you can take out that phone You've purchased it. It belongs to you, right? It's yours. You also purchase a, uh, a carrier plan, right? The service plan. Some company is providing service. So when you pay for that, the service belongs to you. The phone belongs to you. The service belongs to you. And although it belongs to you, you can go to a remote place that doesn't have any kind of signal. And the phone that belongs to you and the service that belongs to you doesn't doesn't work. Why? You're out of position. 
It's not that you lost your phone. You still got your phone. It's not that they cut the service off. They didn't cut the service off. You were at a position to where what the service provided couldn't reach you. And this is what the second side of the coin of healing is that we have to stay in position so that the healing power of God can reach us. God doesn't withhold healing, but we can take ourselves out of position to where we can't even receive the flow he's already made ours. Amen. If I could say it this way, if this aisle in this, in this sanctuary represented where God was flowing, the healing flow, prosperity flow, salvation flow, everything is here. If I pick myself up and go over here and stand in this aisle, I'm out of the flow. The healing power is still flowing, but it's not, I'm out of position. I can't receive it because I'm not in the right place. If I want to get healing, I've got to get back over into the position where it's flowing. God doesn't stop the healing power from flowing. God doesn't withhold. God's not a withholder. He never withholds what he already gave. God's not withholding healing from anyone. It, the healing power is still flowing, but people move their lives out of position to where they can't receive what's flowing. Now, this is the second side of the coin of healing that people need to understand. If you're not receiving the healing that's already provided, if you're resisting the devil, if you're taking your stand and telling him no, but you're not receiving, flip over the coin. See if there's something that's keeping you from receiving. And so many times people are trying to talk God into giving. You don't have to talk God into giving. It's already flowing. It's about us being in position to receive what he's already provided. Amen. Now we're going to talk about three things today that are on the, the, coin, the other side of the coin of healing. Uh, are these the only three things? Let me just say, if you get these three things done, you're pretty good. You're going to be kept safe because the Bible refers to there are many causes where we can give place to the devil. Paul talked about in Ephesians 4, 27, he says, don't give place to the devil. Amen. So there are ways that we can give place to the devil. So there are many ways, and it's individual in particular with different people's lives. But these three things, to me, are the primary things. That if you address those three things, you're going to be pretty much keeping the door closed to any other cause. That could rob your healing from you. Amen. And so today, the first one that I want to talk about is that is on the second side of this coin of healing is this word of obedience. Obedience. If we are not going to obey the Lord, it's going to remove us from the position to where we can receive healing. If we're going to disobey God, we remove ourselves from where his power can reach us. That's why the word talks so much about obedience to the Lord. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're going to start reading in verse 1, and we'll read verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass... When the word says it shall come to pass, that means this is what works. It shall come to pass. It works every time. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do 
all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now notice this, God says, I have a place for you to where you're above everything. Wouldn't that be, now he's talking to a nation. He's saying, as a nation, if you'll obey me, I'll cause this nation to be above every other nation. What puts them in a higher position? I'm talking about in this earth. I'm not, we know that we've been saved, we're born again, we're raised and seated with Christ, but in this earth, you need to experience that you're above situations, right? So he says, as a nation, if you will obey me, now notice the word if. If thou shalt hearken or listen diligently under the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all my commandments. So see, this is conditional. He was telling this nation, I can't lift you above the other nations if you won't listen to me. I can't lift you above the other nations if you don't obey me. But if you'll listen to me, if you'll obey me as a nation, I will put you above every other nation. You will stand out. You will not be serving other nations. You'll be above them. Now, he's saying that to a nation. Now, if, that, if listening to God and obeying him will lift a nation, what do you think it'll do to you as an individual? If you listen to God, if you will obey what he tells you to do, it'll do the same thing it'll do for a nation. It'll lift you above every circumstance. It'll lift you above every opposition. It will lift you above everything that tries to put you under. It will lift you. Many times people are trying to get God to heal them, provide for them, bring prosperity. And he's trying to get them, listen to me, listen to me. Your health and your prosperity and all the blessings that belong to you come and are able to manifest in your life as you listen to me. If you're not going to listen to God, if you're going to do what you want to do, regardless of what he says, it's you that's going to suffer for that. I tell you what, the more mature you get in the things of God, the better your ears are. You go, you quit talking so much and you start listening more. That's a sign of maturity that you listen. Amen. I mean, any business or any company will tell you the greatest problems within a company and within a staff is this communication. Someone didn't listen. Someone didn't hear the instruction their manager gave them, their employer gave them. They did the way they wanted to do it. They missed something in the instruction given and something didn't work and now their job's on the line. Amen. Why? Because if you're not going to listen, people aren't going to want to keep you on staff. Why? Because you're going to cause all kinds of difficulty for a company when you won't listen to the instruction given by your administrator, your manager, someone that's over you. If you can't follow instruction, you are a detriment to that company. Amen. Isn't that right? Just naturally speaking. Well, God is letting us know if you want your life to have blessing, listen. Now, this is, part of, uh, this is part of growing up spiritually is that we have to learn uh, to listen. It, that means be teachable is what that means. There are some people that if I say it this way, they're hard-headed. Here in the United States, we say bullheaded. That means I'm going to do it my way, bless God. And just because you told me not to do it, I'm going to do it. 
Well, see, you're the one that's going to suffer for that. You've got to be willing to listen to somebody who knows more than you. How many of us know God knows more than us? Now, then another, another place where people falter is they listen to the wrong people. They're listening to somebody who has no regard for God, has no regard for the word. God tells them to do something, but a loved one tells them to do something else. And they listen to the loved one over what God told them to do. You're going to have problems. Because here in Deuteronomy 28, it says, hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. But people say, well, I'm trying to keep peace. Disobeying God is not keeping peace. It's called a false peace. And if you have to walk away from obedience to God to keep people in your life happy, you're going to have to keep walking away from his voice. Amen. I'm serving God. I'm obeying God. I'm following God. I love my family. I love you. But I don't love you more than I love God. You have not done for me what God has done for me. You did not save me. God saved me. You did not heal me. God healed me. I love you, but I am not disobeying God so that you... I'm not disobeying God so that you're happy. You start compromising your obedience to God for loved ones, and you will lose those loved ones. They'll turn their back on you at some point. What you compromise to keep, you're going to lose. And this is where we have to learn, if God tells us to do something, we're going to do it. Amen. And here he said, if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, when we talk about obedience, here he said, uh, to observe to do all All my commandments. How many of you know his word is full of commandments? Things. Listen to the word command, not suggest. These aren't suggestions. They're commandments. Means they're not negotiable. So many try to negotiate with God to get their way. He'll let you go your way, but he's not changing his commands for you to go there. So this is, if we want to walk in healing and we want to have health, we're going to have to realize that's connected to our obedience. Uh, What belongs to us will not flow in disobedience. Healing belongs to us as children of God, but it can't reach us when we're going to stand on the ground of disobedience. Because healing is not flowing on the ground of disobedience. Healing is flowing on the ground of obedience. Get on that ground. Amen. So when we talk about obedience, we're talking about about obedience to the word, what God says in his word. But we're also talking about obedience to what the spirit said to our hearts. What did he tell us in his word to do? We must do that. Sometimes people are saying, well, I'm praying for God to speak to me. I'm praying for God to speak to me. Can I tell you this? Just do what his word tells you to do. And if he needs to say something further, he will. But if he's not saying anything further, it means that we still had the happy privilege of obeying the word that we already read. Amen. People are trying to get God to talk to him. He's just trying to get him to obey what he's already said. He's already spoken to us in his word. 
let's just be occupied with doing that. And if we need something more, God will speak specifically to us something further. Amen. How many of you say, I want to be healed. I want to walk in healing. So I'm going to obey God. Amen. I'm going to obey him. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.